Ready Check Radio. What's up, Internet? It's Thursday. Final Max. It's 7 p.m. Eastern. That means here on Ready Check Radio, it's time for the Relic Grind, our Final Fantasy XIV Square Enix podcast. We got a little bit of Final Fantasy XIV. We got a little bit of Square Enix. We got a podcast. Let's go ahead and do it. I mean, a little slower week, so maybe a little shorter show than normal today, but we'll live. We'll get through it. We'll have some fun. And uh, chat here joining us live, twitch.tv slash readycheckradio, ready to chime in with their opinions <laughs> as we go. If you're not here for pre-show live, you're missing out. You definitely need to come for pre-show. And then, of course, post-show leads into a new streamer, playing some games, hanging out. So always a good time. If you're watching on YouTube or listening on Audible or Spotify or anything, thank you so much. I'm Mike Byrne, your host as always. AKA Magic Man, and I appreciate you doing that. Give it a like, a subscribe, thumbs up, review, turn on those notifications, comment, all the stuff to feed the algorithms, of course. But if you like what we do here, most importantly, tell a friend. It's easy, it's fast, it's free, costs you nothing. Bring them while I am live sometime. Joining me to talk about all the Square Enix goodness, Mr. Chris Montoya, AKA Tarkoth. What's up, boss? Yeah, you're, yeah, okay. I knew it was coming. Like, that was, like, the most telegraphed thing ever, I think. <laughs> if you were you here, see the mouth move. If you were here for talking. pre-show, oh, that was telegraphed. <laughs> How are you, boss? Uh, I'm doing all right, man. Greetings programs. Uh, dude, I'm almost done with Control. That game's sick. By the way, there is uh, now 30 seconds in this podcast that if you're <laughs> listening to it on Audible or whatever, you are not going to get. <laughs> because there was yeah, a... Pre- Highly, show for those jokes. There was a highly <laughs> visual joke there from Tark just now <laughs> that requires you be watching the video version to even Mouth remotely move. see. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. uh, also on the line, feeling better this week, Mr. Paul Berlin, a.k.a. Hey. Flynn. What's up, boss? Glad you're feeling better. Hi, folks. Yeah, so while uh, Tark is gaining control, I lost control of my uh, sleep cycle last week. Huge shout out to Travis for stepping in. Put on a brilliant show, you lot. Yeah, First Travis, very kind of him to step in. And we got to talk Final Fantasy trading card game and its limit break uh, system coming in the new set next month. Anniversary kits are out. So if you haven't picked those up yet and you're even you know experienced player, but especially a newer player, the anniversary kit is where it's at if you need to catch up on cards. Uh, those anniversary kits are awesome, particularly the one that's just came out last week. It's got Zach and Sephiroth, I believe, on the box. Uh, and the first one that had the Squall. That's not to say that the second one is bad, but there's more value as far as recouping some cards in that first one and in the most recent one. So definitely check those out if you're new to the game. Great way to get started. And we'd love to see you. The competitive season kicks off in a little over a month. Can't wait for it. Can't wait for it. But, gents, we don't have Final Fantasy trading card game news to talk about today. We've got 14 news. We've got uh, 7 Rebirth news one week away from uh, 7 Rebirth's launch. So we'll get to all of it first. Let's start on the Final Fantasy 14 side of things. Just some housekeeping, right? Not a lot going on in the MMORPG right now. But the Final Fantasy 15 uh, crossover 
is headed back into Eorzea. So if you didn't do it or weren't playing last time this rolled around, uh, or if for some reason you were but didn't finish it, you can pick up where you were, which is kind of neat, I guess. Starting on February 28th, that crossover will be back, and you can go ahead and get your regalia. I assume everybody on the panel is way done with this, right? Oh, yeah. Like, first first time out of the gate, get it done. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's nothing new, right? It's one of those events that just... Yeah, it's just brought back popular demand. But luckily, it coincides with the Moogle event this time, so getting the MGP is even faster than ever. Yeah, and you could do the replay Yay. feature stuff, the event replay. Yeah, yeah get uh, Gru to fight again. Yeah, if some of your friends need it. So, uh, yeah, next week, 28th, go ahead and do it. The big news, of course, though, Tark, Final Fantasy XIV's Xbox beta is live. It yes, is it's live, live. but I'm, I'm, I'm being told I, I shouldn't play it. You absolutely I should not. Yeah, which is sad. We warned everybody I last to try out week. The Xbox I don't have. <laughs> we warned everybody last week. If you're an existing player, they really, really, really would like you to just stay the fuck away <laughs> <laughs> from the the Xbox Final Fantasy 14 beta, uh, because obviously, like, there's account linking that you can do, but yeah. reminder, like, you can't unlink. So they don't want new accounts in, or uh, existing accounts in there. In fact, uh, Flynn, they're saying, we ask any players who wish to play Final Fantasy XIV on Xbox with a, an existing Square Enix account and its associated characters, please wait until the full Xbox launch after the open beta test concludes. To play on Xbox, you will need to link your Xbox and Square Enix account. You will not be able to unlink those accounts once linked. We ask that existing players please wait until the official release to link your Square Enix account to your Xbox account. So, I mean, if you really, really wanted to just see what the open beta is all about, you could spin up a new Square Enix account under an alternate email. I'm just saying, and then not link it to anything. I may or may not have done that. So how's it going? What do you think? <laughs> uh, right. I just want to see how it performed on my Series S compared to the PS5. Compared oh, to so you have, the, you have the S, not Fair. the X. Yeah. Gotcha. I have it all quite yeah, well. yeah. It's my Netflix console. It makes sense for me. But uh, yeah, the, used the old uh, Xbox account I had, used my uh, within crisis email, so separate accounts uh i had some jittering issues when i first got into the game but it seems stable enough on the xbox so i can't really fault it got up to uh level 15 story where you start going around the city states for that's as far as i need to get to really see if the starting cities are stable and like place like the pc place like playstation so yeah, I imagine like this open beta isn't going to be all that long, right? I feel like it's more a stability check than a yes. performance check, right, Tark? I mean, if you had to think sure. about it, right? It's already running on consoles. It ran on the PS3 at one point, for God's sakes. Like, if you can't make oh. it run on a Series S uh, <laughs> or a Series X, then I think there's a problem with your port, and they would have known that by now. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of stability for the game but also stability for 
Xbox's ecosystem. Um, what I'm most excited about is when they finally phase out PS4 and say, hey, you know, you got to get a PS5. You know, the one that everyone's going to complain about is the Series S holding the game back. You know, we got to cater to the uh, Series X and 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 Flynn so we can play on that Series S. It's just, I will I say, mean, holding well, the game I mean, back. That's, that's going to be a problem yeah. that never goes away, right? For an MMO that's on console. People always going to complain that whatever the oldest console it's able to support is the reason the MMO is being held back. Yes, yes. (laughs) We'll be on the PlayStation 6 and the Xbox, you know, go bone yourself. And the uh, they'll be like, (laughs) oh, the PlayStation 5 is holding this game back. (laughs) I will say uh, 1080p, you don't notice the difference between the PS5 and the Series S. So I don't think the Series S to X comparison. Of, Have you tried a 4K you know, at all? Uh, the Series S doesn't uh, go up to that resolution, unfortunately. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the answer to that question is no. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> is it locked at 30 frames as well? Uh, it does it not right? tell you. <laughs> that is the I one think, thing with the S console client. It doesn't give you a FPS counter. That's where the PS5 you can do performance mode and have 60 frames locked in. So, which is I didn't good. notice any like feature swaps. Uh, the one thing I mentioned the other week on show is all those settings you had to click on. As long as you're uh, an adult account, all those is automatically on, so you don't have to quit the settings. Bird. Oop, that's that's Final Fantasy 15. That's not what I want. I was trying to see if we had like official specs posted anywhere. Yeah, I found some like people saying uh, on Reddit what they were able to do, but that's you know Reddit, so <laughs> we'll <laughs> we'll take that with a little bit of grain of salt. And that was Final Fantasy 15 anyway. Hey, you know if you're playing on the the Xbox Beta, welcome, right? Like if you've been waiting this long because like that's your primary gaming vessel, we're happy to have you. Like, welcome to the game. You have a ton of shit to do. And now's the best time to do it because there's a dead period for a couple more months here until we get the expansion. So take your time, enjoy it, you know, run out some story, do some dungeons, mess around with the classes. If you've been waiting this long and never played on PC or PlayStation, now you're jumping in on the Xbox. Welcome. We're sorry it didn't happen earlier, right? We're sorry it didn't yeah. happen earlier. I Definitely still remember like my primary... Obviously, I started playing Final Fantasy XI when it launched in the United States here uh, on launch day on the PlayStation 2. That was where I first started playing because my computer was shit then. I couldn't, afford, I couldn't afford my rent, let alone a computer. Um, <laughs> so my wife and I would take turns on the PlayStation 2. And then finally we got a computer that could run it okay. Like it wasn't a gaming rig or anything, but it, it ran it without stuttering and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And so then my wife and I could play together. And then I migrated to the 360. And that is like between the PlayStation 2 and the 360, that is where I spent most of my Final Fantasy XI life was was on the, the console. So I remember <laughs> when the ecosystem was all three, uh, and and now it's nice to finally have that again. Hopefully, now Tark that leads to, you know, whatever Final Fantasy's next MMO ends up being, just a universal yeah. launch across all existing platforms at the time, which will be dope AF. 
Hell yeah. Uh, but I expect uh, Sony to be like, no, 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 no. Here's like $5 billion to make it pl- uh, exclusive for the next six years. So, because that's how they do, right? It is how they do, or at least how they try how to they do. do. How they try, they try to, to do. do. Xbox, of course, we're something we're going to talk more about on Gaming Gumbo this this Saturday. Uh, yeah, sorry, last Saturday's show got canceled at the very last minute. Troy had some stuff come up he had to take care of, and Zisto's out for the next couple of weeks. So it was just Yod and I with just hours to spare to find out whether or not Troy could do the show. We will have the show as normal this Saturday. So we will revisit the Xbox presentation. Xbox kind of abandoning that that whole you know, hey, yeah, we're probably going to have exclusives, but we expect exclusives to become rarer and rarer going into the future. Sea of Thieves and Hi-Fi Rush and two other titles are headed to PlayStation and other platforms very shortly here. Uh, so it's good to see. Like, I like that. I know some people, like, love the console wars, right? And I'm a PlayStation baby. The best games are on PlayStation. I'm an Xbox baby, and the best games are on Xbox. I'm a Switch baby, and Nintendo just does whatever the fuck it wants to do anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I'm fan of like just making things as available as you can. Yeah, you know, I understand the benefit and the desire for companies like Sony to want to get into bed with Square Enix and have these Final Fantasy VII Rebirth exclusives or timed exclusives or full-blown exclusives on some other things. I understand the desire for that. But I just think this day and age just doesn't support that as a long-term sustainable function anymore with all the options we have. I, I feel like your, your financial position is best suited for you if you just throw it on every platform that you can. Yeah. Consoles these days do feel like the places where your friends are, where your social groups are, and that's where you stay and you hang out. It also doesn't help that they're getting so damn expensive, though. Yeah. Right? Because it's sure. it's like more and more that pushes you into a camp, right, Tark? Like, yeah. what console am I going to choose? They're $500, they are $600. I, I'm, I'm only going to buy one, and maybe I'll get the other one down the line when it's, you know, Model 2, Model 3, and it's discounted a little more, or the Pro version comes out, I'll buy the basic one. But at launch... You know, six hundred bucks. I'm gonna buy one, and yeah, at those exact times, that is where the exclusives really have a benefit, right? Is at the beginning of a console's life cycle, launch day, and those yeah. first like six months when people are making the decision. I'm only gonna buy one. What titles are on both? Because that's gonna determine which. One. Obviously, you have people that are just like, hey, I'm an Xbox. I'm in the Xbox camp. Whatever their next one is, I'm buying that. But most of the gaming audience is going to make a decision on on which day one to get. That's when the exclusives really start to benefit you. But hopefully, we'll, like Microsoft seems to think, and some insiders in uh, developers seem to think, exclusives are going to like slowly become not a thing over the next five to ten years. And and I'm all for that. Yeah, I'm I, all for that. Yeah, it, it, exclusives is the first part of it, and I think it's really going to start transitioning to. Yeah, we're going to have exclusives, maybe fewer here. We're going to put more out on other platforms. I think the big onus is going to be on where's your digital library at? Because if you've been in the PlayStation ecosystem for the last two generations, you're going to have all your stuff on PlayStation. It's not going to just transfer over to Xbox if you happen to get 
an Xbox next generation. So it behooves you to keep with that ecosystem. Um, and you hope that you can maybe then get some games from Xbox into that PlayStation ecosphere and vice versa. So uh, I know Xbox was behind the, the eight ball last generation and a little bit this generation too. So uh, having two big giants is good for everyone so that they keep, you know, fighting each other and keep making leaps and bounds and competing is good for us. So I hope they stay in the game as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, that was like one of the rumors, right, at the Xbox thing was that they weren't yeah, going to make consoles. That was, that anyway, was a big rumor. They put that to bed. They was like, yeah, no, we're yeah, still did. making consoles. Which uh, is good. Yeah, which I, I agree is a good thing, too. So price definitely a factor, and we'll see what happens. I, yeah, the ecosystem things really, that is a good point, and I know we're kind of getting away from Square Enix stuff here. Yeah. But yeah. like that's why Game Pass is very, very interesting to me to watch. Uh, I have severe concerns about long-term viability and stability of that ecosphere. <laughs> um, as far as is it financially viable? PlayStation Plus. <laughs> is it well? Is it though? Like I have concerns I with mean, its financial right viability long-term. Fair. Fair. Um, Fair. With all the day one releases and things like that, and we've kind of talked about this on other shows, right? Where. Those day one releases probably aren't a huge deal for your big AAA titles. And certainly for your Microsoft internal titles, you're willing to take the day one loss because you want people to sign up for Game Pass. I get it. Uh, and those big AAA titles that Microsoft gave that company X dollars to put it day one on Game Pass, great. Yeah, you're probably okay. Indie developers, it's kind of hit and miss, right? Like, we've heard yeah. indie developers say that Game Pass was great for them. They got their thing in front of millions of people day one for free, and over the long term, they sucked up sales they probably never would have gotten because when the game eventually came off of Game Pass, people wanted to keep it as part of their library, so they bought it. But then we've heard the flip side of that, too, where uh, we gave away our game for free, and yeah, Microsoft gave us some money up front, but ultimately, our studio's closing, right? Like, you hear all these stories go both ways, and I'm not sure. I'm not, I should say, I'm not convinced of the long term financial viability of Game Pass in its current iteration yet. Yet. And they're a little, it doesn't help that Phil Spencer's a little cagey with numbers when he starts talking about Game Pass anyway. Yep. <laughs> anyway, total digression. Anyways, congratulations, 14. Uh, fans playing on Xbox. Hey, if you are Yay. brand new to the game, by the way, this is not new to us, but maybe new to you. Um, there's a Final Fantasy starter guide series of videos that Square actually did. There's like six videos or I maybe seven because uh, I think they say the first think. one's episode zero. Um, yeah. So there's like six or seven, whatever it is. They have moved those videos now onto the Xbox YouTube channel. So you can check out the Xbox YouTube channel. It's kind of a you know neat tongue-in-cheek narrated voiceover type thing on how to get started picking classes and stuff like that. It is very cute, and it is well done. Like If you are totally brand new to the game, these will absolutely get you started and help you initially uh, roll out into Aorzea in, in a, a way that kind of makes sense. Not to say that the game doesn't give you a lot of this tutorial stuff, but in the MMO, most of it's written, right? It's yeah, a pop-up window with a green dot. 
<laughs> and you go ahead and read about that system. So it's a nice visual way you can check these out on the uh, Xbox. I hadn't watched them in forever, Target, so I put them in the show notes. I was like, I'm going to go back and watch these yeah. and see how good they are. And I'm like, yeah, these still hold up. These still hold yeah, up. They're not bad. They're not bad. I mean, they're not giving you. The Jack's like, we had seen these before. It's like, oh, a year ago. That'd be why my brain's off from Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, mean they, they, there's no in-depth like. Yeah, you're not like getting a dungeon or but, a trial guides or anything like that. It's just like a overview of city states and making a class and picking a class and stuff like that. Just the the basics to get you started. Welcome aboard, friendos. Welcome aboard. Let's move on to uh, some other Square Enix stuff. Rebirth, baby. One week. Woo. One. Week we were talking in I'm chat excited. pre-show. We had uh, Doc Holiday uh, head out to the movie theater to go ahead and see Advent Children. I'm gonna have to pull oh, it out okay. sometime this week and throw it on the the projector over here and sit back and watch it as well. Uh, the Rebirth demo update has been expanded. Expanded the Junon area that you have in your menu <laughs> that you couldn't access. Now you can access it. Uh, somebody pre-show was asking if we plan to play it. I'm, I'll give my answer right now. Uh, I actually do not plan to play it. I don't care about the extra materia for completing it, so it doesn't matter to me. And I don't know if I'm going to have time over the next week to sit down and play it. So I'm just going to, if I get to it, cool, but I'm not planning to. Uh, I'll just play it in the game itself. Tark, did you play the demo yet? The new one? No. Uh, and I don't plan to. I like I said last week, I, I you didn't even want to watch game. the trailer. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm done with any sort of spoilers. Like, so I'm just ready to go in fresh hands on. I do have to wait for my collector's edition to get in for me to actually play it. But uh, once it gets here, it's all, all hands on deck. Let's go. Flynn, did you uh, check it out yet? Or do you plan yes, to? I oh, did. you did? <laughs> did you beat it already? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so I played through the demo on normal mode and easy. Just because I was curious about the combat differences, which is wildly different. Normal mode, I spent about two hours in the demo to defeat the boss. Easy mode, you can get through it in 10 minutes. Uh, just be like straight to the end. Wait, the what? <laughs> like, wait, what? That's a big difference. <laughs> it really is. The normal mode feels more like hard mode. Yeah, uh, they. It feels like for the normal, they expect you to do the hunts on the map, go around, craft. I used the new crafting system to make more potions, more uh, Phoenix Downs, that kind of thing. That is a big Just difference. Just so you get some Two hours some versus team. 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, it really is. I was just like, how fast can I get through it on easy mode? And it was literally 10 minutes. I did it before the show. I oh, will so say, you were like trying to blitz it. Okay, all right. Yeah, that, I was just okay. curious, like, because I spent about half hour with that boss the first time around, had the game okay. over, went back in, changed up my material. Uh, uh, this is after grinding to get some of the material that you get through the, the demo, through the Chatley missions and stuff, versus the stock material, just gun. <laughs> it is night and day between these and I will say, uh, you guys probably remember this, 7 Remake. When you first look up at the Midgard disc, how terrible quality it was. Oh, yeah, that skybox was... Upper Junon is modeled, and it looks glorious. Mm. They uh, did they? Would, I, didn't, I actually don't know this. Maybe you do. When they added the, the new portion of the demo, did they go ahead and put the performance improvement in that they were talking about yeah. doing? 
Yeah, uh, some of the reflections look a lot better, and yeah, it's a bit more responsive. And performance I, mode actually does what it's supposed to do now. Performance yeah. mode is actually a performance. Uh, mode. Yeah, it's actually a performance mode. Yeah. Uh, good. Yeah. So if you want to check out the demo, go for it. The second part is now available, and that's all you get until seven days. And your now. Phoenix uh, Seven material. Yeah. And another teaser trailer at the end of the demo. So, uh, well, Rebirth's a week <laughs> away. It's time to see when the next one's coming, right? <laughs> right? That, yeah. That's when the next this one's 2024? coming. 2024? Yeah. Naoki oh. Hamaguchi, uh, Rebirth's director, was doing an interview with a YouTuber, Julian Cheze, um, was asked about the development of the third part of the trilogy. Where he explained that the team at Square Enix is in kind of the same situation right now with part three as they were when they were finishing development on the first part, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Director said, of course, I cannot tell you exactly at what stage we are, but we have already made progress on the script and we are thinking about certain developments. When we got to the end of development for Remake, we started talking about the sequel with writer Nojima-san, and I think we can say... We are in the same situation uh, today. And so that kind of suggests that we're probably in for another four-year cycle, Tark, and that the final portion of the trilogy will come out in 2028. Now, that doesn't mean that's exactly when we can expect it. Maybe it could be a little shorter gap because we've kind of got a little bit less. It depends on how like bloated they want to add to it, right? Uh, sure. as far as the amount of story that's left, we could maybe see 2027, or maybe they're going to blow it up a bit and see 2029. But yeah, I mean, I think it's safe to say we've got about another four year wait. Which is disappointing because I'm going to be so old by then. Ugh, by then? My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm already old plus one because you're, you're the standard for old and I'm old plus one. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, it's just, I hopefully I won't have arthritis in my hands by the time we get there, so. I mean, it could be three years, Doc. Could be three. Good. Could. I, mean, could I wouldn't hope. hold breath, but could. Maybe they got some processes streamlined, because didn't they move to Unreal Engine 5? Uh, like the big thing yeah. was moving from linear yeah. to open world as well. Yeah. Well, that we're gonna that, and we're actually that. gonna talk about that in a second because to be fair, <clears throat> reviews are already coming out for the game, and we're not gonna spoil anything, uh, like content-wise from anybody's reviews or anything. Uh, but people have had their hands on the full version of the game for like two weeks now, right? Certain press outlets, yeah. Happy has had it for for two weeks now, stuff like that. Um, so we're seeing full reviews start. Posting today is, is kind of, I guess, when their embargo fell because I saw a bunch go up. Um, and we're going to talk about that open world thing. We won't talk about spoilers, but we, we will talk about the, the open world thing in, in just a moment. Uh, because there's all kinds of seven stuff to take advantage of. In fact, are you feeling like you need a cookie, Tark? <laughs> do you need a cookie? No, I'm on a, I do, but I'm on a diet. <laughs> Do you need a cookie, Flynn? If I was in the States, I'd Yeah, you got to be in the States for this one. <laughs> I was saying in a pre-show, there was absolutely no like cross-promotion of anything in the UK. We were just like, yeah, the game's coming out, and that's as much as you're getting. 
So this is a cross promotion with Insomnia Cookies. Uh, and so there's three options available. One, it, obviously, this is going to vary by location and whether they have any more left in your area. But there are three options initially available. One is a 12-pack of the standard size cookies. That's $27.75 US. Yes. The other two are dipper options. Uh, one's a little dipper box with mini chocolate chunk classic cookie options with buttercream or cream cheese icing for a little less than 12 bucks. And then there's one that's a little less than 14 bucks for Big Dipper box with four classic cookie flavors and either buttercream or cheese, uh, cream cheese icing. Both have the cloud box sleeve, and you'll need to select a location near you on the official site to get an idea of which collaboration items are there and if you can order them or if you have to walk in and get them. I have an Insomnia cookie. The cookie's not far from me. I have not checked to see if it, let's do it right now. Let's check right yeah, now. Yeah, do it live. Oh my goodness, do it live. This is how we do it. Insomnia cookies. The pricing though. I mean, come on, the pricing. Oh, insomnia like, cookies is expensive. Like, did they like get pricing, you know, advice from the Girl Scouts right? <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, insomnia cookies. I mean, they're delicious, but they are expensive. They're also doing a sweepstakes link, by the way. Um, where you can enter to win three lucky insomniacs will win a physical copy of uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth on the PlayStation 5, uh, one $50 insomnia cookies e-gift cards. So that's good for like uh Coke. And then one final... <laughs> <laughs> Half a cookie. <laughs> they, they come in and they let you smell the place. Uh, one... <laughs> <laughs> One, not too much though. Like if you start smelling, they're like, "Whoa, whoa, that was a fifty dollars e gift card, buddy." That's um, that's a sexual harassment right there. Uh, and one Wait. Final Fantasy knitted chocobo plush. So while I'm here reading that, I'm gonna go ahead and just enter that sweepstakes real quick. All right, so I'm entered there. That's good. That's done. Just I'm getting all kinds of shit done today on the show. Uh, I can't see where I can actually search which location has these promotions that's very weird just keep your mouth moving so they know you're, you're talking <laughs> right and so i will say did you guys uh see how big the ultimedia book for rebirth is going to be well i'll let no? you two guys talk about that for a second 740 pages Jesus for rebirth. balls wow that's crazy be interested if we get it to the west because Dartomaniacs do tend to be a bit weird, if I remember. All right, let me view the menu here for my store. Oh, they are here! That's all right. Now, Waldrum live during the show. <laughs> Mike is just going to walk off. He's got to go get some cookies, and we'll finish the show. <laughs> see, can I put, can I do an order on the phone or on the, on the old onlines here? Uh, Maybe. we're going to get couple we'll get we'll get six i get to what pick a dozen of these is this what it is yeah a dozen so it's only 140 dollars. that's cool uh <laughs> it's not really 140 dollars. we'll pick it's six classic series, yes. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i gotta i gotta drop off one of my kids uh <laughs> three classic m&m's ones uh we'll get oh oh look at what red velvet is an extra quarter per cookie uh -oh. Yeah, then screw That's your red so velvet. Ridiculous. I mean, they are delicious, but they are stupid overpriced. 
Uh, let's add three sugar. You know what? We'll just go with three M&M. Three sugar. No double chocolate mint. Three chocolate chunk. Uh, there's not a double chocolate mint. There's just a double chocolate chunk, which we'll grab three of those. All right. So we got 12. Uh, no, I don't want those individually wrapped. Add these <laughs> to order. Lord. <laughs> individual wraps. Three, $3 to do it. Holy crap. Okay, well, so that reminds that's... me of a place we have in the UK called uh, Millie's Cookies. They just do like these big birthday cookies that are like yay big. And yeah, just skyrocket price. Whereas I'll just go to my local Asda, which is like a subsidiary or Walmart. and All just right. get five small cookies for a Pick a up time. We're going to pick these up. We're going to pick these up at 9 p.m. tonight. Contact info. My name is Mike Byrne. Suckers, aka Magic Man One. Yeah. <laughs> uh, credit debit. Yeah. Let me just read these numbers out loud. Real quick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah, just... <laughs> let me just read these. Do they have gingerbread? I I don't know. Uh, honestly, I I don't know. Um, See, now now I'm wanting to insomnia. <laughs> Is there one even close to you? Probably not. Uh... But I got crumble cookies, so it's like... Right. Oh, well, those are... On that. I don't like... Oh, my God. This show's so fucking off the rails. Um, <laughs> this, this is what we want. I don't, I don't like crumble cookies. You don't like crumble, huh? No. They're, one, they're massive. And, like, I, I just don't... I'm not a huge, <laughs> like, sugar guy, right? Like, I'll order these, and there'll be a dozen. I'll, I'll maybe eat one. And maybe, if there's any left, have another one two days from now. Like, I'm just not a sweets or pop kind of guy. It's like, that's every once in a while. Um, and, like, crumble cookies are like this. They're as big as my face. and They're, they're huge. And when you have the icing on them, it's just like, oh, my God. I yeah. might as well just lick a sugar bowl. Like, this is <laughs> way too much. So right. my work for special events will get crumble cookies because you could just take a piece from several different ones, and it's... Yeah. All right, my order has been confirmed. I can pick it up tonight at 9 p.m. So, oh my lord, there we go. <sighs> Crumble are criminally underdone 90 percent of the time too. My yours has it too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I want to. Oh, there's my confirmation order or my confirmation email. Thanks for ordering. So I now have the squall or the squall box, the cloud box, the sleeve. There we go. Yeah, I could just, just do it live. order it and have it shipped. <laughs> yeah, just do it live on ship. stream. Yeah, go ahead and yeah. do your order. Oh, my Lord. In fact, like if you don't now, Faye, you don't even have to stream. I'll just get in my car and turn my phone on, and we'll all go pick up my insomnia cookies together. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Let's go fully off the rails. Yeah. This is the cookie episode. Here yeah. we go. Uh, by oh. the way, if you are just getting into rebirth I, I can't imagine there's too many of you but there's going to be some that didn't play the original remake and are now going to play rebirth there is a, a like a rebirth tips and tricks guide on square enix's official site it's actually not too bad like there I, tark i didn't see anything in here that like if you didn't play remake you didn't already know yeah it's it's uh it's it's a starter course, uh, you know, a little, you know, this is how the game works. I mean, you're going to go through tutorials and stuff. The whole Nibelheim section is going to be a tutorial. So um, just playing the 
initial section is going to teach you how to play the game. But I mean, if you want a little heads up, a little refresher, uh, yeah, take that, I, I'm going to, I'm going to spoil like, there's like 10 tips and I'm going to spoil like seven of them here because they keep reiterating the same things. Your ATB is important. Stagger is very, very important. And synergy attacks are very, very important. That's like six of their That's ten. That's the new points. one. The synergy is the yeah. new one. So That's the new one. Yeah, probably good to pressure in your opponents is quite important. Well, that's part of stagger. That's yeah. That's that's part of the whole stagger mechanic. What are you guys thinking about the? Rev- I know you're probably not like reading reviews just to be a little leery of spoilers being out there, but like I'm sure you've Googled and seen scores and stuff like that. What are you thinking uh, about what you see so far, Tark? I haven't seen any scores again. I've been trying to like be hands off because it's so close. I want to have my own reviews. I want to make my own thoughts and judgments on it. So, oh, so once you see a uh, score, you can't possibly make your own opinions. Well, gotcha. yeah, I'm dumb like that sometimes. <laughs> you know? Just like I get become. I am. I will say this: that I am seeing. Obviously, the you know most reviews are pretty glowing. Um, I am seeing kind of like the same two things crop up when it starts talking about quote-unquote negatives. Not that any of the reviews are, like, bashing the shit out of these things. But when, you know, like, oh, I wasn't quite a fan of this, you know, I'm seeing the same two things pop up. One is actually the combat still. Like, it is still as divisive as it was in Remake. It is still divisive, Flynn, on the whole... You should have just made this pure action combat a la Final Fantasy 16, or you should have just made this pure turn base a la older Final Fantasies. This kind of hybrid system really still is divisive, uh, depending on who is doing the review. And then the other one is there are open world aspects to the game, but it's, it's not an open world open world. The way most people are describing it is like your big story beats and your main narrative is pretty linear. And then in those in-between moments when you're doing side quests and, you know, mini games and stuff like that, that is more explore the world at your own pace and go do those things. So it's kind of a pseudo open world. And the gripe that I see coming with that is, (laughs) ironically, that there is so much to do but is it worth doing it (laughs) um and taking up all that time i have seen reviewers that have logged 90 plus hours on on the title completing all the side stuff and then walking away like on polygons in a review kind of saying i i don't even know if i love this game or hate it it just seemed like (laughs) i don't know if this type of game at 90 hours of all kinds of smaller side stuff, some of it good, some of it not good. Like, I just don't know if that fits my lifestyle anymore. I'm not skipping school to play a game, right? <laughs> I'm a grown-up that has to do other things still. This is from Todd Harper over at Polygon. But I am seeing that in other reviews as well, Flynn. Yeah, there was one headline that stood out to me. I haven't clicked on any reviews, just looking for news earlier, just saw the titles. One was, when is uh, big too big when it comes yeah. to the Final Seven universe? They seem to be cramming so much into this that they could have probably wrapped up Rebirth and Game 3 with the amount of 
Datedly use it for side content. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, somebody uh, brought up Metacritic uh, just so. Yeah, 93, it's, a 90, it's a 93 right now. Yeah, it's a 93, 97% positive reviews out of 115 in the positive category. 119 nice. critic reviews in, but four of them are not technically finished yet. So out of 115 reviews, 93 is the score at the moment. At the moment. So uh, we're off to a good start. Yeah. yeah. It's making me worried about Game Free with uh, how much content they want to pack into this one. Yeah. <laughs> that it's even going to feel so dated and so samey in the third game, or it's just going to feel barren because they'll have stripped some of that out to focus more on the story. Uh, what's going on with uh, Near Automata? So they have hit 8 million sales. That's a big Word. number. And, and they've yeah. also done some Yoko Taro weirdness by making some wine. And what I mean That's by weird. this is they got two different wines. You got the number two type B and the number nine type S. And the wine barrels used for this were kept in separate rooms and played different sets of music. So the 2B set was being played to sound at the end, Rebirth and Hope, Girls' Memories, Crumbling Lines, Visual 1.1a, and Way to the World. Uh, whereas the 9S side was White's Red to Sea, City Ruins, Race of Light, Faltering Prey, Dawn Breeze, Copy City, and Way to the World again. Just to enhance the wine with the sounds of the near universe. <laughs> Which uh, I'm just wondering, after you drink this, will your memories of the wine fade? In pure Yoko Taro fashion. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what happens. It's exactly yeah. what happens. Uh, you were talking about the Rebirth, Rebirth World book. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, but there's some things that people are finding in there that may be turning into conspiracy theories. Little conspiracy theories, Flynn, like on Cloud's lineage. Yes. So uh, this started becoming... Uh, a, a thought pattern uh, when Ever Crisis first came out uh, that uh, Glenn could be Cloud's father. So uh, Audrey over at uh, Ataiki Kimoji uh, was reading through the world book for uh, Rebirth, and the main notes they found is Cloud uses Dad's wallet finds 2,000 gill inside. His mother had a wallet with 2,000 gill inside. And during the event of First Soldier, you find out that Glenn owes Matt 4,000 gill. So there's sort of similarities uh, along with other different bits. And it just descends into the translations of Cloud's father disappearing, not actually being dead, depending on the Japanese or English translation of the game. And yeah, it just keeps becoming maybe a bit more obvious that is this sort of connection since uh, First Soldier was 15 years, I think, before the event of Seven. That means that... Go ahead, Tark. Glenn would have to have done his mom, like, before the events of First Soldier. Because then he, like, uh, 17, 18, when by the time Glenn, he goes to... Yeah, when Glenn left... Uh, well, sorry, when Cloud's dad left, uh, Cloud was... Uh, uh, a young person at the time. Whatever. Okay, just, yeah. Uh, around six years old. Hey, Game Rant put up another list this week. 
Uh, and I, I put in here, did I, neither of you peeked at this, right? Nope. I put in here, don't look at this. It's the best Square Enix game from every year in the 2000s. Now, I'm not going to go through all of these, and they are very specific, right? They, they rated them like 10 through 1, but it's literally just based on time. Like, number 10 is 2000, number 9 is 2001, number 8 is 2002, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm not going to go through all of these because some of them, like, <laughs> some of them are, like, the best by default <laughs> for, <laughs> for that time yeah. period. This is uh, the only Square Enix game, not you. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, but I do want to go through a couple of these. So let's jump to, I'm going to jump to, I think this one. No, I'm going to jump to 2004, okay? So Square Games that came out in 2004, according to Wikipedia, so it might not be totally complete, but the main dogs will be here. Uh, Dragon Quest V, Junk Metal, um, Dragon Quest Characters, Final Fantasy One and Two: Dawn of Souls, um, Full Metal Alchemist Two. Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories, Dragon Quest VIII, and Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy. There was a, a street special thing, so that really doesn't count. Uh, which one do you think they gave the award to, Tark? Out of all that, Dragon Quest VIII. Flynn? Yeah, it has to be Dragon Quest VIII. Uh, only... Just to have a different answer, I'm going to say Chain of Memories. It's Dragon Quest VIII. Oh, okay. Like, Dragon Quest VIII. Yeah, Chain of Memories. <laughs> Here's an interesting one, though, for you. This is 2005. So that, that was a category that I particularly think was like a gimme, right? When you look at 2004's yeah. lineup, it has to be Dragon Quest Eight. Here's an interesting yeah. one. 2005, Radiata Stories, Musashi mm. Samurai Legend, Egg Monster Hero, Romancing Saga, Front Mission mm -hmm. Online, uh, Drakengard mm. 2, Full Metal Alchemist 3, Grandia 3, Heavy Metal Thunder, Code Age Commanders, Dragon Quest Heroes, Front Mission Online, Final Fantasy IV Advance, Kingdom Hearts 2, and Front Mission 5, Scars of the War. Who took 2005? That's a lot of them. That's um, a lot. God, it's I between think... two in my brain. Go ahead, Flynn. Uh, either Grandia 3 or Kingdom Hearts. I was going to say Rowdy Out of Stories or Kingdom Hearts 2, and I would have to probably lead towards Kingdom Hearts 2, even though it gets, it's much maligned. <laughs> it, is, it is Kingdom Hearts 2. And I thought okay. it would lose out just... And again, this is just some person's list, right? It's just Gamer Rant doing their thing. I honestly thought that there was an argument for Front Mission uh in there as front mission far five because uh, no front know. mission online um oh i never because it doesn't so have sure. to have to be an rpg that's not the list this is just best square it's enix square. games of those years and so i i thought there was an ar an argument for that and then finally i want to do 2006 for you and see if we can get this yeah. dirge of cerberus final fantasy 7 no. fantasy earth zero uh children of mana valkyrie profile leneth Final Fantasy twelve, Final Fantasy eleven, oh. Dragon Quest, another offshoot one. It's not going to be that. Valkyrie Profile two, Mario Hoops three on three, Final Fantasy three for the DS, Project Slipheed, 
Final Fantasy V Advance, Final Fantasy VI Advance, and Final Fantasy Fables, Chocobo Tales, Dawn of Mana, Dragon Quest Monsters, Joker. Ugh. That's a rough little segment there. That is rough. I want to say 11, though, to that list. You said Valkyrie Profile and Lenith. I was like, that one. And then you're like, then two, I was like Final Fantasy 12 and, and 11 12, and 3 on the DS 11. and 5 oh my and God. 6 I, on the Advance. I'm going to have to go with 11. They gave it to 12. Oh, wow. I Wow. I mean, even setting That's aside year, my nostalgia for Final Fantasy 11, like setting that aside, I still think Final Fantasy 11 beats 12. As far as best too. Square Enix games in 20. Not not that 12 is bad. I enjoyed a no. lot of aspects of 12. Although... Be number two, which is Although, <laughs> looking back, we were playing a very mm. inferior version of the game. <laughs> like, now if you play the, the Zodiac version, that, that is immensely better. It's just like immensely. But I don't know. They gave it the 12. They gave it the 12. Take a list. Right. Take a look at the list over at Game Rant. Let us know what you think on some of those in the comments. Let's head over and do love it or leave it. Love it or leave it is the way we end every episode of the Relic Grind here. It's where I give you a question, something Square Enix related. Could be a game, could be a feature in a game, a press release, something they did or said or even just tangentially related to Square, and I ask you whether you love it, want more of it, or leave it, never see it again. And I figure, you know, this is a little slow period right now in the Final Fantasy XIV world, so let's have a fun one, gents. I want to know yeah. the Final Fantasy character you love and couldn't do without, and the Final Fantasy character that you would just leave if given the chance. Go ahead, Tark. The one I would love and keep is near and dear to my heart because it's part of my first Final Fantasy and I love four so much. So I'm going to love and keep and hold on to Cecil. Uh, he's just a man. Grew. And he's an alien. He's, he's an alien. He's not even part of that planet. So I'm going to keep him. Uh, the one I'm going to ditch, though, because he's just so bland. And I just, he wasn't compelling at all to me in 10. And I'm going to dump Seymour because he was not compelling to me as a villain. Like, he's just whatever. Oh, you don't like Seymour. Oh. No, he's so dumb. It's just. <laughs> All right, Flynn, what you got? Well, I might leave it. It's also in 10, slash 10, doing this Walker. Oh, wow. Blasphemy. Hot fucking takes right there. And Why? Boxes, the one I'd love. <laughs> Funny enough would be this Why Walker? Uh, I, brother, it's a brother. He just irritates me. It's the accent, isn't it? It's because I know the voice actor is Bender. And I want a Bender performance in Walker. And who's your favorite? Uh, Squall. Squall. You know, Squall's dead. <laughs> Final Max. Squall. Squall's Final dead. Max. Squall. Dump Squall. Squall's Dump, dead, go right. Final Max. Dump Squall. <laughs> okay, so mine is my uh, love. It is going to be Vincent. I, I mean, I love vampires in general, mm, but fair. I just I love Vincent and his backstory. And I mean, Dirge of Cerberus is kind of mm. fucking awful game, but 
Vincent, Vincent is badass, and so I'm gonna go Vincent. Uh, I, my oh, my yeah. leave it though. My leave it. I think, and it's unfortunate because it's not this character's fault, right? I think my leave it has to actually be Luna Freya. Uh, mm, she fair. is just like a, such a shoehorned. Get a female in here. Give her a romance story that doesn't freaking go anywhere anyway. Well, I, I mean, it does if you, if you read the it, book. Yeah, <laughs> if you like read the book and all the extras, that you and you yes. watch King's Glaive, and then you play the game, and then you read the book. But like self-contained in Final Fantasy fifteen, Luna Freya is pretty fucking useless, uh, yeah. and it's not even her fault. It's she's such a shoehorned. Hey, we need a, a heroine, and let's have her fall in love with the hero. Uh, Baron saying Hildebrand keep Alpha No gone. Irritating. <laughs> Final Max saying dump squall but keep lock. I I think that's that would be a lot of people that would do that one. Dump squall and keep lock. I think you so. know, Mike. You're uh, all wrong. <laughs> hey, not that Vincent is a bad choice. Vincent is an excellent choice. I thought you would have kept Shantoto. Oh, I love Shantoto. Yeah. Like my my yeah. love for Shantoto is it burns deep. There's no bounds. It is, yeah. <laughs> it is the um, the only uh, not Taru Taru. What am I thinking of? Um, yeah, she's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Taru Taru. Okay. Sorry, I was yeah. confusing my fourteen and eleven little uh, races. Uh, it's the only Taru Taru I'd take to my bed. That's for sure. That's for sure. I'd sleep <laughs> with that little potato. I love her. I absolutely love her. burn your face off. Faye is yeah. choking. You can't see her right now, um, but she is literally choking on Absolutely this broken. camera. <laughs> That's going to uh, do it for us here today on the Relic Grind. We'll, of course, be back next Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern, with another episode. Don't miss Gaming Gumbo this Saturday at 7 p.m. We're catching up on all the latest in gaming and all the streams. If you're live right now with us in chat, don't go anywhere. Freshly done from choking. Faye is on the line and she'll be streaming after the show. What's up, Faye? What up? No big deal. Just trying not to die over here. That was that was a great line. I was not expecting to hear this evening, and I'm I'm here for the chaos of the night. Well, y'all filled this out really nicely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was there was some cookie ordering. Yeah, Final Max now onto the yeah. cookie stream. Uh, yeah, yes. it's, it's time Truth for cookies. cookies. What are, what are you playing? Are you playing a game or uh, like are we just? Ordering I mean, shit well, online. Now. It's like, cookie I, free, I, right? I, yeah, we're. I. I think we're definitely going to have to do the cookie order because, um, unfortunately for me, what makes it more tempting is uh, delivery is available <gasps> in my area. Yeah, it was not so in mine. I, I checked. Have, I don't even have to leave there. <laughs> I checked because I was going to try to get them here yeah. while we were on the show. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll we'll try again and see if we get cookie delivery on stream while we play uh, Baldur's Gate three and I. Uh, beg forgiveness from a god that it didn't go well last time uh, but we're gonna try again uh, we we got it this time sounds good chat don't go every, anywhere give us a minute or two to just relabel things we'll go dark get it all set up for Faye and she'll be right back until next week Flynn where can everybody find you uh, you can find me getting excited that I pour in my order for the Final Fantasy 4 whoa buddy whoa whoa hey I don't think anybody wants to find you getting excited settle down <laughs> Never. Well, I have my pocket tightened. <laughs> All right, you just keep petting your rock there. Uh, <laughs> exactly. What about you? Dark? You can find me at Flynn and Potato. Like that. 
Tark, where you can find me on Twitter, YouTube, all at Tarkov Gaming. As I get excited for the countdown oh to Rebirth. Uh, <laughs> you can also find me here Saturday nights on Radio Check Radio as we finish this week. Control, we're down to the DLC. We're almost there. I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me right there at Magic Man 1 as I get turned on by Black Mage Potatoes. Until next time, gang, make sure you're following us at RC Radio so you'll know every time we go live with a stream or we're hanging out playing Final Fantasy trading cards and any other games. Stay safe. We'll see you on the servers. Can't see it, but my mouth is still moving. It's still moving. Oh, such a chaotic show. <laughs>